Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, which is part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in DC. Today, my guest is Sherry Jacobus. I've been wanting to talk with her for a while, so I'm excited she's on the show. Um, She's a nationally recognized political strategist, pundit, and writer. She's been on everything, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, CBS. She is the executive producer of America Reads the Mueller Report, which can be found at americareadsthemullerreport.org. If you visit that site and you click on their About button, you can read, it says, uh, we are... America Reads the Mueller Report, a nonprofit organization. We've gathered a few recognizable celebrities, friends, a few regular regular folks from around the country to read key excerpts from the Mueller Report. Now, Sherry and I are going to be talking a lot about uh, the impeachment process and the fact that Nancy Pelosi is not including the um, Mueller Report obstruction in the articles of impeachment. Um, but the but before we get into the conversation. Uh, Sherry is a conservative, and frankly, I'm not sure if she's a Republican anymore. She used to be, she still may be, but she's a never-Trumper. And I didn't realize she was a Republican when I started following her. I started following her because she's a reasonable human being who knows that Trump is a criminal and and should be, um, you know, taken out of office, but uh, more than voted out, out of office, removed from office. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I didn't know that she had been a Republican, but I, I have never really seen something that she said that I thought, no, I always agreed with her. So I definitely wanted to have her on. Um, and I wanted to talk to her about a couple of different things. One thing in particular was that visit to Walter Reed that Trump had that unusual Walter Reed visit where he supposedly started the first phase of his yearly physical, which we all do, right? We all have phases of our physical. Um, anyway, Sherry immediately jumped on that and she said, this is the beginning. This is the first phase of a possible Trump resignation. He's setting himself up to say, okay, if, if, it, if the shit really hits the fan, then he can fall back on his health and say he has to resign. Uh, and we get into that. So that's going to be an interesting conversation there, too. I also just want to bring up a couple of things before we get into it. Um, as you know, I had a Republican presidential candidate Joe Walsh on the show not too long ago. And the people who have subscribed to the show really liked it. I, I did get some crap from people online saying that that somebody like him shouldn't have any kind of platform on a Democratic person's podcast. <laughs> The, the way that I look at this is there are never Trumpers out there and they're conservatives and I may disagree with them. And, and of course, there are people that can argue, hey, they got us into this mess in the first place. And I'm not going to disagree with that. But the fact is they understand what an existential threat Trump is to this country. Plus, most of them understand what an existential threat Putin is to the globe. And they're out there educating people. So for now, for the time being, while we are in this crisis, I will accept um, or I, I'm not going to say help, but I'm just going to say, you know, I'm going to hold their hand because if they're going to go after Trump and they're going to try to disqualify him for the next election or, you know, help him get defeated in any way, I'm there for it. I actually wrote a piece, uh, an article in my Patreon talking about the fact that for me, the idea is the way that I consider a never Trumper an ally is if they keep their focus on attacking Donald Trump and not the Democrats. Also, not giving the Republican uh, 
basically the Trump campaign material for attack ads. And that brings me to Steve Schmidt. So I told you last week that I invited him on the show and I had a conversation with him and it was awesome. And he, you know, we set a date for January 15th. Then he appeared on Morning Joe when he ripped Elizabeth Warren apart, calling her a hypocrite and um, self-righteous, which now let me just be clear. I really don't give a shit if Steve Schmidt likes Elizabeth Warren or if he doesn't want to vote for her or whatever he thinks about her. I don't care. I'm not bothered. He's a conservative. It's not surprising that a conservative is not going to like Elizabeth Warren. But the, but what he did and I, you know, if he does Come if he does show up and he wants to be on the show, which I, I called him out on Twitter, so we'll find out what happens. If he does, I'm going to have to bring this up to him. I'm going to have to say, look, if your main goal is is convincing people that Trump is a threat and that you know Russia is a threat, then how can you justify going after a potential Democratic candidate? Because if she is our nominee, then um, he helped provide the Trump campaign with material for attack ads. And, you know, he, I, I called him out on Twitter and he tweeted back to me and he said, respectfully, they already had this information. And it's like, well, yeah, sure they did, but you gave them audio and video. And also independents listened to him. He has weight. So I found it to be disappointing and I'm going to have to bring that up to him. And I really didn't want to, because out of everybody out there, I think Steve Schmidt is the most clear when it comes to the threat that both Russia and Trump pose. He just, uh, the other day on Chris Hayes, he brought up the fact that um, Ted Cruz was, you know, spreading Russian propaganda. And then the other thing I want to say before we get going is um, I sent an email out letting everybody know that the Wednesday show, so yesterday's show, was going to be postponed to Monday because I had issues with my, I needed a plumber, so much fun. So prior to doing that, you know, I, 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 I said that, you know, this woman that I'm going to interview, she, she was scheduled for Wednesday. Now she's scheduled for Monday. So before all of this stuff happened, I had scheduled somebody for Tuesday. And um, then I had also scheduled Steph for Wednesday, which will be the last show of the year. So you're going to get three shows next week. Just be prepared for that. You'll have two weeks to listen to them because I'm not going to be on or maybe three weeks. I don't even know. I won't be on again until January 8th. So that's going to be, I'm going to be talking to the CEO of MeWe, which is a Facebook alternative. All right. So now guess what? (laughs) Start Me Up is a podcast that is supported by listeners just like you. And I don't have corporate funding. Right now I don't have advertisers. I may, I might, I might fold and I might go with them this year, but right now I don't. And that means that this show survives because of patrons. And thank you for everybody who supports the show. You can be a patron for $1 a month, $2 a month. That would be great. You won't even miss that money. And it's like taking me to the movies or less for the work that I do. If you sign up for $5, you get access to And Another Thing, which is a segment I do with co-hosts. And it's right after the free show. We do that at least two times a month. So it's just extra bonus shows. Um, And then also, don't forget... Go over to iTunes and become a subscriber and then also give me a great review. I would I would love that. I need more. Now, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, you know, and of course you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the places you can find um, podcasts. Take a listen. Go to patreon.com slash startmeup. And I have a list of, of guests on the front page. You can listen. You can just click on their name and their podcast will come up. If you like what you hear, become a subscriber. 
All right, that's it. Now for my interview with Sherry Jacobus. Welcome, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show. You have uh, some great takes, and I'm really looking forward to getting into them. And we're definitely going to get into impeachment and what you've been talking about. But before we get started, I really do want to bring up um, that hospital, that unusual hospital visit last, ah. <laughs> last what was it, last <laughs> month? I don't even remember. Um, but yeah, supposedly it goes like this. He, he's just going to be so busy in 2020, Trump, that he's not going to have time for his physical. He, so he started the first phase. <laughs> okay, yes. who does that? And so immediately you were right on it and you were talking about the fact that you think this is this is basically him in the first phase of his resignation. And the reason it piqued my interest was because last summer I heard from some Republicans that there was a rumor he was going to retire or re resign in March. And actually, I do think that, um, and of course, now I'm going to forget his name, and I'll remember it in a minute. But there was some other Republican who worked for the campaign, um, the Italian guy whose name is just escaping me right now. Um, Scaramucci? Yes, yeah, Scaramucci. I believe I believe he said <laughs> he'd be so upset if he thought somebody forgot his name. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> um, but I think that he said something. But he was similar. there for 11 days. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, so the thing that I find odd is how can that be predicted? But so what do you have to say? Because you were all over this and you were really strong on this. And I'm just really curious. Well, first of all, I don't think that Anthony Scaramucci has any inside information. He used to be, <laughs> uh, he used to kind of be in that crowd, you know, Roger Stone, Michael Cohen, Arthur Schwartz, who's sort of a hanger on, who now is the spokesperson, spokes thug, <clears throat> I would say for Don Jr. <laughs> um, so, you know, 11 days uh, working in the White House does not make one an expert. An expert. Um, so let's 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 just forget about that. I do, however, I instantly I was at the gym and I saw this pop up. I believe that Trump had made this this trip to the white to the the Walter Reed Hospital. Uh -huh. Now everything about it was odd, uh, and it, it was as if they were trying to make it look normal. But mm -hmm. they could have done that very, very easily. Uh, and they also did just enough so that there would be speculation hmm. uh, because this way he can have the best of both worlds. First of all, I think we all know that Donald Trump is not a healthy man. No. He's grossly overweight. Uh, he lies about his health. He lies about his weight and his height so that he can stay under um, the actual <laughs> official obesity uh, mm -hmm. description. But he is obese and he's mm -hmm. in his 70s and his diet is horrible. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell by his puffy face. Um, you No man at that age and in that condition has lower cholesterol than me. <laughs> and according to his, <laughs> to his doctor, who later even admitted that, you know, this was dictated. The letter uh, about Trump's health was dictated by Trump. So we do not know the actual uh, for sure physical condition of the president, but we know it's not good. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that there is obviously some neurological, mental uh, deficiencies there. If you just compare his uh, the manner of speech to just a few years ago, uh, I mean, you know, we, we know this is not a healthy man. We know he's lying about his health. That said, um, if he had, oh, say some of the typical things a man his age and his physical condition might be suffering from. Those would be things that you can pretty much handle uh, at the White House mm -hmm. where they have basically a full hospital set up there. Uh, and just as they do on Air Force One. Mm -hmm. he, but here's, here's why I think that he wants to preserve 
health reasons for resignation uh, as an option. Now, you can't have a physical and then a few months later say, you know what, I have to resign for health reasons just when impeachment heats up. But at any given point in time, uh, Trump's political and legal situation is is in peril. Mm -hmm. So he needs to have these regular intervals of, quote, physical exams. So at any given time, he can say, oh, I just got bad news from my doctor. I have to resign for health reasons. You can't do that if the information is two or three months old. You can't have a bad physical in December or November. And then when when things get pretty hot come January, say, oh, I have to resign for, <laughs> for health reasons. So this way he can have the best of both worlds. He still has he can still deny it because his his base, as you know, will believe anything mm-hmm. um, that, oh, he just went there for this. But he I think he wants the speculation. It's now some people might argue that, okay, well, let's say there was an incident that required him to go to Walter Reed because they didn't have the proper equipment at the White House. Um, If he was having some kind of chest pains, hell, he walked to the car, obviously himself, Mm -hmm. uh, but his shirt was open. So there's all this speculation. Um, They could have gone by helicopter. They could have done it a number of different ways. Um, However, if they really were trying to hide it, why is the physician, who, by the way, always is on Air Force One, why have they um, at least one time had that physician deplane with the president at the same time that he does, as if he's a guest. They wanted it to be very visible mm-hmm. that uh, Air Force One had, uh, that he was traveling with his doctor. Uh, that was odd. The doctor, like any other staff, uh, would be back on the plane, would deplane in a different way at a different time. But to do it as the president walks down those stairs with the cameras on him, um, they are purposely feeding this. Do I think Trump is smart enough to do this? Eh, I mean, he's 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 not smart, but he spent his whole life mm-hmm. fooling people and, you know, pulling these types of gags. But I do think that he has a lot of help from 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 uh, from Putin, who yeah. is very smart. Uh, so anytime people say Trump can't think of this stuff, he's not smart enough. Well, we know he's being handled by somebody. Yes, exactly. Let's just accept that fact. But yeah, we know he's if not an asset. He's he's been in touch and, and involved with the Russians for mm-hmm. decades. That's not yeah. even in question. Right. We just don't like to accept that as Americans. So that's uh, that's my my theory on this. Uh, so at any given time, again, since nobody, I don't. Do you divide up your? Do you take your an, annual physical? You know, no. bits and pieces. <laughs> okay. Now, if you needed to have fresh information to use as an excuse to resign from something, then it would make sense, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you have it. So, you know, I want to ask you, you're, you're, you're a conservative, but you're a never Trumper. You described yourself in a podcast that I listened to as more of a libertarian. Um, and you were talking about the fact that when Trump was running or when he became the candidate, there were a lot of people that you knew that didn't like him, but then they, you know, they got behind him because they felt they had to. Um, so just going back to this whole idea about the rumors that have been out there, at least since last summer, and I legitimately heard from people, from conservatives in D.C., that there that this whole idea of resignation um, was going to be popping up. And not only that, there was also rumors, and I, I wish I could remember the absolute details, it had to do with Ivanka and, and the idea that he would want Ivanka to replace him. And, and I don't know, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, and I, I don't think that that's going to happen. 
But I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think it sounds ridiculous that he would want that. that right. I mean, we can't ever, ever write anything off. That's true. It's ridiculous or too tinfoil <laughs> hat when it comes to Trump well, because it's all proven to be true and we find out things are even worse than we thought. So. Yeah. And then oddly, just a couple of weeks ago, months, maybe last month or whatever it was, she got a bob haircut, which doesn't sound like anything. But the idea is, you know, women who have long blonde hair aren't necessarily taken seriously. <laughs> and so when they want to be taken seriously, they either dye their hair brown or they cut it shorter. So uh, uh, the only thing I would re- read into that is that she's written off uh, being a Fox News uh, hostess <laughs> as a career choice. Um, it could be that she's just aging and yeah. Shorter hair can lift the face up. I mean, I have seen the stress show on her face. Um, I mean, can you imagine what uh, pressure she's under? And by choice, yeah, I mean, she's right. she's taking part in this and um, she's going to be paying the price in some way or another. Ho- hopefully. Um, now, as far as the idea, I mean, do you think it's even possible f- to predict this? And, and, and because people are, they're saying, OK, we, we think that uh, or we know there are rumors. That's basically what I heard. There are rumors. Um from the conservative, some in the conservative crowd who are close to Trump that are saying that he is uh, going to resign in March for health reasons. How, I mean, does that even, now you just basically came up, you know, you came up with your, uh, you were talking about this on Twitter after it happened, after he went to the doctor and you said, okay, now from this, I gather. People were talking about this before. Do you think that's even real? Do you think that's a possibility? I just don't think that um, that he would commit to something like that. Uh, it's probably something that has been discussed and floated as a way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people are looking for exit strategies. Now, I wrote um, right after the midterms, I wrote a piece for House United, which is a little blog I had on Maven, uh, that um, – this was after Murdoch and Mitch McConnell had met after hours, Murdoch being the owner of Fox News, mm-hmm. New York Post, and Wall Street Journal. They met after hours in McConnell's office in the Capitol. So Murdoch traveled from New York to come to D.C. <clears throat> I think that at that point they were realizing, all right, um, we just mm-hmm. got our tails kicked. Yeah. Uh, and all, you know, our can kicked all down, um, you know, the Acela Corridor and across the country uh, on um, – on, on the midterms, we need an exit strategy. So they know that Trump is probably now going to be impeached now since Democrats held the House. Mm-hmm. It's almost a mandate. Uh, it was a mandate, mm-hmm. uh, and um, which is why I'm disappointed in the narrow focus right now, but we can get to that. Yeah. Uh, so I think they had just the pot- looking at potential scenarios uh, so that if polling showed that the American public was turning against Trump and supporting impeachment, uh, depending on what Mueller would report and other things, um, they probably couldn't have anticipated the whole Ukraine scandal at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so at that point, they're thinking, so what do we do? At what, what's our benchmarks? Where do we where do we, you know, reconnoiter here and decide when to, what to do? And so they realized that, you know, the first and foremost, well, Mitch McConnell is dedicated to getting uh, the federal judiciary he wants come hell or high water. He wants that to be his legacy. Uh, they were already doing that uh, to a frightening at a frightening level. Uh, so, but what he really wants is to retain the Senate majority. Mm-hmm. If it started to appear that public sentiment was leaning towards impeachment to the point where uh, he was going to start losing or putting in peril some of the 22 mm-hmm. Republican Senate seats that are up uh, in 2020. He would at that point have to let his 
uh, Republican senators and the candidates out there running uh, to let them do what they needed to do to save themselves back home, which means start publicly saying, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to vote to convict. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're not going to fall on their sores for Trump. Trump is only useful as long as he's useful uh, to Mitch McConnell and to Rupert Murdoch, mm-hmm. Fox News. So at that point, they would together have a strategy to escort Trump to the nearest exit, find that exit <laughs> ramp. Uh, and Fox News would start to turn on him yeah. and Mitch McConnell would allow the senators to turn on him. However, uh, that hasn't necessarily happened mm-hmm. yet, although they're closely monitoring it. Uh, but if public sentiment turns against Trump and, and to, in these Republican states uh, and districts. And a lot of that is people being educated on the contents of the Mueller report, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I have a project on that. Yes. Uh, once that starts, uh, then uh, I, no, they're not going to get to 67 votes required in the Senate to convict. However, uh, if there are some GOP defections and they start becoming um, pretty chatty about those and announcing that they're considering voting for, they're open-minded, they're, they have some real problems with X, Y, and Z in these articles and everything presented in the articles of impeachment, um, then they're going to have to let Trump know, look, you're going to have, uh, you're going to take down the GOP Senate. Yeah, you're not going to be convicted but you're hurting us. And that means that they're going to hurt um, the bottom line for Fox News. So these people are not acting on what they think is the right thing to do. They're not acting on truth. They're acting. It's it's very mercenary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been in this business a long time and I know these players. So I know that that's exactly what's happening. Uh, so at this point, um, I do believe that it's a huge mistake on the part of congressional Democrats and Nancy Pelosi to not include those 10 counts of obstruction of justice in the Mueller report in the articles of impeachment. Huge mistake. Uh, And I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, have an impact on that decision so they can have future articles of impeachment that do include obstruction. It's my understanding they're going to use the 10 counts of obstruction as outlined in the Mueller report as evidence in the Senate trial to back up and show a pattern of obstruction on the article of impeachment of obstruction of Congress. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this tells me that the people sitting around the big conference table in the speaker's office, one that I've sat in many times, I used to be a Republican, a senior staffer on Capitol Hill and a political communications staff. This tells me that the lawyers are overruling the communications and political staff. Uh, that they're saying, no, we're going to be able to address this in the Senate trial. Well, by that time, it's going to be too late. And we saw this last night as Republican after Republican Mm -hmm. uh, in the debate for the markup on impeachment uh, said there's no crime. And this all this does is legitimizes and feeds into the false GOP narrative that Mueller found nothing, that it was a political witch hunt. Uh, that failed. Uh, so if the if Repo- if Democrats think, well, we can take care of that in the Senate trial, no, it'll be way too late. It'll be done in such a technical matter that people will not understand there are ten counts of obstruction of justice, uh, and it's 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 appalling to me. Also, it sets a precedent for future presidents that they can obstruct justice. So if this is being done because the lawyers decide this is a good political strategy right now, um, it's a mistake. Now, here's I'm going to read you something from the Mueller report. The conclusion that Congress may apply the obstruction laws to the president's corrupt exercise of powers of office, of the powers of office, accords with our constitutional system of checks and balances and the principle that no person is above the law. What he means by accords with our constitutional systems of check system of checks and balances, 
wink, 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 means Congress impeach. Mm -hmm. You can impeach over this and should impeach. Mm -hmm. Um, This is hugely important. Uh, And I think the Democrats have failed incredibly to um, educate the American people on what's actually in the Mueller report. Uh, I think they were blindsided by the fact that Barr got up there and quite literally lied Mm -hmm. uh, and that then Trump and Fox News all got up there and and repeated that lie. Mm-hmm. So I started um, this thing called America Reads a Mueller Report, 501c4, raising money. And we had we we shot a half hour video of celebrities reading direct excerpts from the Mueller Report and a few real people. And we're airing this on local TV stations to kind of fly over the heads of Fox News mm-hmm. and hit those people, mostly older. They're not on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They get their snail mail judicial report newsletter Mm -hmm. you know they watch fox but they're not the base of the cult and i think we can reach these people and remember only seventy-seven thousand people in three states gave trump the electoral college win close elections are won or lost in the margins Mm -hmm. uh and you know we're playing in those margins not to affect an election but to educate and inform people uh and if that means that they're smarter when they go to the ballot box that's when they go to the polls next november that's that's great but it is imperative that every American understand at least the basics of what Mueller is telling us. Mm-hmm. And I think that Pelosi and the Democrats have blown their opportunity to do that. Instead, they're, they're, they've decided not to include um, the 10 counts of obstruction of justice in the Mueller report because the American people are not informed. And so they mm-hmm. think it'll be too confusing. That is a huge mistake. It also is playing the Republicans' game of being, you know, making this too much about politics mm-hmm. rather than the right thing to do. They have an obligation to impeach on everything, including the emoluments clause, and they're not doing it. And and that is a big mistake. And well, this country will be paying for it for decades. Well, the other day, John Dean um, put out a tweet and he said, sending out again, let's impeach him now and not send it to the Senate. Rather, keep investigating in the House and add such supplemental articles as needed. Um, let this hang over his head. If the worst happens uh, and he's re-elected, re-elected, send it to the Senate, but keep investigating. Now, I'm just wondering, I mean, I certainly was one of the people who was concerned prior to the Ukraine uh, whistleblower about the way Nancy Pelosi was handling things. And I'm definitely a Democrat. I'm definitely a a progressive, but I'm not somebody who's afraid to criticize my party when I feel like they're not, you know, doing what they need to do. Um, What I, what I kind of came to was I looked at the way Nancy Pelosi handled this whole thing back in May. She said he was self impeaching. And then after that, she said, Oh, I'm not going to impeach because I don't want to. And this and that and this and that. And, and I wonder, you know, now that, the uh, the whistleblower came out and told us about Ukraine. You know, she's like, okay, here is the the solid, absolute information we needed to impeach. Even though there were, even though the Mueller report had impeachable offenses and outlined them. And I mean, I, I, I know that everybody was pissed off, including me, like, why aren't they doing anything? Um, and I'm just wondering, and I'm not, I'm not coming to her defense and I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily going to criticize her because I have before. And I, I, I have taken steps back and said, all right, I think she does know what she's doing. Do you think that there's an opportunity that, you know, like what John Dean was saying, that maybe what they're going to do is they're going to impeach him for this and then they're going to not take it to the Senate and continue and maybe um, at a different point add in about the stuff about Mueller? Or do you think that they are just dead set on the idea that Barr killed the report with his lie and then too many people just bought into it and it's not worth it? 
Um, well, it is worth it. And I think it's, it's the right thing to do. Sometimes just doubling down on the right thing to do is the, the best thing to do politically. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, Nancy Pelosi didn't know there was going to be a whistleblower. At that right. point, the conversations hadn't even taken place that for which the, the president is now being impeached in terms of the quid pro quo and basically blackmailing Ukraine in order to get the congressionally um, mandated aid. Um, so it, it's, you know, she kind of got lucky mm-hmm. uh, in, in my view. Um, and the fact remains still that they are letting Trump skate on the findings of the Mueller report. Uh, and also a lot of people do not believe that Russia hacked our election. Mm-hmm. So by ignoring um, everything in the Mueller report, she's basically setting a precedent for future presidents to get away with this. Uh, and that's not okay. So they failed from a communications political standpoint. They were, they did not believe that, I mean, nobody could have seen that, that Barr would have done that. Although if they knew anything about Barr, they probably mm-hmm. could have predicted it. They didn't have a plan in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, frankly, I think that, um, the people who have the deep pockets, who fund uh, projects to help educate the American people, should be putting their money towards America Reads the Mueller Report. What we're doing, we're crowdfunded, but we've mm-hmm. been on 22, we've aired 22 times and it'll soon hit 30. And that's just people like you and me and people out there who see this on Twitter and hear about it sending in their $25 or $100. Uh, it's not a super PAC. We don't have the deep pocketed people. I don't have access to those people. Um, but we've got the best idea out there in terms of just it's not political. There's no political commentary, no spin, just direct excerpts so mm-hmm. that people can you know, make their own decisions. And that's really what needs to be done. And if Democrats think that they're going to wait until the final three three weeks of a campaign and bombard people with ads, super PAC ads, that's just not the smartest strategy. So and, and by the way, not not to, to pat myself on the back here, but I taught political communication strategy at the master's level for four years at George Washington University Graduate School of Political Management. I've run campaigns. I've been a spokesperson for the RNC. I've been communications director for a House committee uh, and on leadership uh, after the contract with America, former Republican, a moderate. Um, I was running congressional campaigns at a time when women weren't doing it, um, but I didn't get the memo. I spent 10 weeks uh, in full time what you know is American Campaign Academy, which Newsweek called the West Point of Politics. It was boot camp. So I do know what I'm talking about here. Uh, and I, I understand the dynamic and the reticence and the fear. And while it's good to be cautious, um, caution um, is sometimes a disguise for we're afraid and we just don't know what to do. So we're going to kind of do nothing and doing nothing is a decision too. So this is a decision by the democratic leadership to let Trump skate on everything in the Mueller report. That is a mistake. Mm -hmm. I, I give the, I would give the American people a little bit more credit um, that, uh, you know, they really haven't seen the Mueller report discussed. Mm -hmm. And if it were included in the articles of impeachment, um, then it would be discussed and the American people would be better informed. Uh, and there is a way to boil it down. I did it. <laughs> we, we did it for American Reads Mueller Report. I have the video. You can see it on our website and, and you know, our YouTube video. Um, it's all right there. By the way, it's uh, it's Montel Williams, Morgan Fairchild, Tom Arnold, John Cryer, and Willie Garson um, who all stepped forward to do this. The Patriots all. 
Um, but, you know, last night um, we saw a lot of Democrats um, who were in prior time who are getting known and shown and showcased for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they talked a lot about themselves, their bios, and that was nice and sweet and everything. I thought it was a little bit overdone. Um, I think that their time could have been better used um, outlining uh, articles of impeachment and explaining exactly what Mueller found as part of this process. Um, I mean, it's nice to hear their little bio histories and how they all grew up poor and disadvantaged and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and I think that they could have kept that at a little bit small. They should introduce themselves in their background, but it was too much of that and not enough about what this rogue, criminal, mm-hmm. dangerous president has done. It's just, it's so overwhelming and it's so stressful. You know, I just kind of want to switch gears and I want to ask you about um, the Republican Party, their behavior, specifically Mitch McConnell, because I have a theory going back to the idea that, you know, they might have an exit plan for Trump. uh, I would say that the person who's going to determine that would be Mitch McConnell. It wouldn't, I don't think it would be necessarily Trump saying I need to resign. I don't know that it's exactly. E- yeah. I don't think. And, his and ego- I think Rupert Murdoch would have a say in that. Right. And yeah, because I don't think Trump's ego would allow it. So he would have to be um, confronted and given some kind of like, all right, well, we will, um, you know, give you pardons and we will not embarrass you with exactly. certain information we have if you just step down and use your health as an excuse. So now what I wanted to say about that is, you know, there, Mitch McConnell has ties to Russia himself. And so yes. if it is the if if it is going to be Mitch McConnell um, and if Putin has something on him, then Putin would be the one who really has the most power here and could per- perhaps keep McConnell from doing something like that. Do you think that's viable? Mm, I don't know. I think what they have on McConnell is just that he's gotten big donations. Yeah. Um, it, you know, that it by revealing too much of the financial uh, connections could also hurt Putin and some of mm-hmm. their interests. Um, <clears throat> so I do think that Mitch McConnell cares about uh, retaining. If he can't retain the Senate majority, he at least wants to retain as many Republican seats as possible in the Senate. <clears throat> and there are 22 mm-hmm. seats up next year. So he's got, he's got a big, big uh, problem here. Uh, So when it starts to, and what I wrote was that, and I wrote also in, in the daily beast a few weeks ago, when it starts, or uh, no, in uh, the New York daily news, uh, when it starts to look like Trump being on the ticket in 2020 is going to cost more GOP seats than save, mm-hmm. then that's what they'll do. They'll, they'll, I think that McConnell will take the lead and then he'll, then Mur- Murdoch will say, okay, we know what to do. Right. If anybody were to doubt that Fox news can turn on a dime <laughs> and change it. If anybody doubts that they are not in control, remember in the Republican primary in 2016, Marco Rubio was a bit of a darling mm-hmm. at that point, And Roger Ailes, gave the order, kill him. Hmm. And they went after him and he was out. He was done. Wow. Yeah, no, I absolutely think, I, I think that it's a very uh, likely scenario that yeah. Fox could do that. I mean, I don't know that they will. It's just like you were saying, it depends on if the Republicans feel they're going to lose the Senate, then yeah. I mean, if he's an albatross around their well, neck. And these are their viewers too, remember. Yeah. Uh, so if people back home are educated about the Mueller report, uh, 
the tide will turn against the senators and the Trump. There'll be pressure for them to do something about it. And that means that Fox will have to turn. Mm -hmm. They'll have to look an educated electorate is the worst thing for Trump, Mm -hmm. for Fox, for the Republicans. Um, And that's why they hate people like me who are trying to educate the public. America Reads the Mueller Report, by the way, is just excerpts um, from from a government funded uh, or taxpayer funded government document. The Mueller Report. There's not there's no spin. There's no political commentary. There's no anything. Um, There's it's it's just reading direct excerpts. And that is a threat to Mm -hmm. these people. And if if people knowing the truth is a threat, then, you know, you have to get out there with the truth a little bit more. And that's why I'm so disappointed um, that Pelosi is not. Um, It is a I don't even even want to say it's a missed political opportunity. I think it is the obligation of the Congress uh, to impeach this president, any president, any elected official who is committing impeachable offenses, um, especially ones as serious as this, you have to act. And if it means that the Democrats um, lose, then so be it. But again, the fact that they are playing a political game where they think it's going to hurt them uh, if they include in the articles of impeachment the stuff from the, the Mueller report in some ways, that makes them just as bad as the Republicans. Everybody's just trying to protect their own seats, their own tail, uh, and that's wrong. American people deserve justice. We deserve the truth. Uh, we deserve to have a Congress that is really conducting honest oversight on the executive branch, uh, and that means that you have to include in articles of impeachment those behaviors which are impeachable, uh, particularly something as egregious as 10 counts of obstruction of justice on an investigation into the hacking of our elections by a foreign entity, by an enemy mm-hmm. uh, that is a, an act of war. Uh, this is extremely serious, and um, I, I am um, extremely unhappy with the fact that it appears that the Democrats are now playing politics with it as well. Let me ask you the last question. Um, what do you think now? Okay, let's just say we're going to go with what we have right now. Uh, and, and we're going to send what we have. We're going to, we're going to draft those articles of impeachment and then we're going to send them to the Senate. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that the GOP is going to acquit him and that'll be that? How do you think this is going to play out? I think that if the Democrats can't do a better job of explaining things, then, I mean, obviously the Senate's going to acquit. Um, what we need are some GOP defections. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to start to start pulling that thread um, but again, if the Democrats are unable to even read the Mueller report themselves to the point where they can explain things, um, and I know a lot of reporters haven't even read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, in the Roger Stone trial, I saw breathless reporters and lots of people on TV just, oh my gosh, this business about Roger Stone um, when when Rick Gates was in the car with Trump on the airport, going to the airport, going to LaGuardia, and Trump is on the phone with Stone, and Trump gets off the phone and looks at Rick Gates and says, WikiLeaks is about to make a drop of more information damaging to to Hillary Clinton uh, and DNC and Podesta or whatever. And then, uh, and then they were using that, planning their entire communications and political strategy around that. People were so shocked. Well, guess what? That was in the Mueller report. Mm -hmm. The only thing was that Stone's name was redacted, but everybody knew it was Stone. Mm -hmm. We actually read that excerpt, parts of it, in America Reads the Mueller Report. We address that. So the fact that this was new news, what, a month ago, to political reporters and many in the media and many Democrats – 
when in fact it was in the Mueller report and released in April, had these reporters pounded on just that fact over and over and over again, the fact that the president of the United States was on a call and being told in June of 2016 that WikiLeaks was about to drop this information, about to release information from hacked emails. And isn't that great for him? And he was going to start his whole political strategy around it. That was in June of 2016 he was doing that. That was in the Mueller report. Had anybody read the Mueller report and pounded on just that fact alone over and over and over again, every reporter asking him about it over and over and over again, mm -hmm. every member of Congress, Democrat, going home for their town hall meetings in the summer, repeating that fact over and over and over again, that alone would have, in my view, brought down Trump's uh, approval ratings quite a lot and started to turn the tide. Hmm. But they didn't read it. They didn't know it. And they were so excited to learn this as new information just a few weeks ago. I knew it in April. Why mm -hmm. didn't they? Yeah. Well, I appreciate the fact that you've made it. And I am going to include the link to the uh, America Reads the Mueller Report in the text of the Patreon description. I also thank you. Uh, yeah, I absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for being on the show. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, at Sheree Jacobus at C-H-E-R-I-J-A-C-O-B-U-S. Follow me. And uh, yes, definitely follow her. I'm going to also include that in the description. Thank you, Sherry, for being on. You're an awesome person. I, I appreciate what you're doing in every way. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. Bye. <sighs> well, I mean, she's, she's really smart and she's right. And I hate to say that she's right because um, unless the Democrats, unless they you know, continue with an investigation and bring the obstruction from the Mueller report into the in articles of impeachment. Um, I do think that there is a risk that we could lose this fight, um, which scares me. So I, you know, I mean, I, I want to reiterate to everyone out there that, you know, Sherry is a, she's an independent. She's an, basically a conservative who like so many others have, um, I don't know that she actually left the Republican Party. I'm not sure about that. But, you know, her mindset is obviously she sees a criminal like she's she's a reasonable person and she sees what's happening. So um, her criticism frightens me. And frankly, I, I'd like to go back to the never Trumper thing where I, you know, I have I, I don't want to see never Trumpers attack Democrats. I don't think what she's doing is attacking. I think what she's doing is basically um, saying, you guys, I think. I think you need to focus on this if you want to win. And it's certainly not going to be used in an attack ad. <laughs> so I agree with her, but agreeing with her kind of deflates me. This whole crazy, unbelievable situation that we're in, there are just so many var variables. And I, I hope, don't get happy, I hope that there have been a couple of, of experts, um, camp, uh, election experts who have predicted basically a blue wave, a blue tsunami for 2020. And they're basing this on the 2018 midterm election because I, you know, 2010, 2014 turnout was awful. 2018, the turnout, the turnout was like a presidential election. And then we've seen since, you know, we've seen in 2017, 2018 and 2019, Democrats have won elections, specifically women. A lot of women um, have knocked even some of the Republican men out of their seats. 
I'm hopeful that it's not just going to be about impeachment as far as, you know, I mean, if Democrats choose to um, take what they have right now to the Senate and then it gets acquitted, I hope that there's enough, you know, anger and I don't know, anger, (laughs) fear. I, I don't think we should rule on fear, but sure, I'm, fr- I'm, I'm frightened. I'm so frightened. I mean, in any election, I'm going to vote for the president, for the Democrat who's running for president. I'm just going to do it uh, because I'm not going to vote for the Republican and I'm not going to not vote. I would say the only time that I would be afraid to vote would be for Tulsi. But even in this election, I'm not sure what I would do because the alternative is Trump. Who's worse, Tulsi or Trump? Frankly, I don't even know. Um, it's just kind of, you know, it's deflating when you when you hear somebody talk about this in, in a way, you know, I mean, she clearly understands and has read the Mueller report. I, I definitely advise everybody, which again, I will include that in the link of the Patreon description. Um, to, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't read the report, watch this. It's fun because there's some celebrities. It's not hard to understand. It's pretty easy to understand. And it will will give you an arsenal of information um, to back up any kind of arguments you're making when you're debating um, with somebody who doesn't necessarily have all the information. But that said, let's let's try to stay positive because one of the things uh, Vladimir Putin wants is disgust and apathy. If we're disgusted and if we're apathetic, we're not going to vote because we're going to feel like, oh, there's no chance that we're going to win. Don't, don't give Vladimir Putin that satisfaction, please. Just stay focused. And if it's all too much for you, take a fucking break. You know, don't go on Twitter. Don't watch the news. You, if, if you're an informed person and you understand Trump is an existential threat, then take a break. Go to the movies. Have some fun. Enjoy your holiday. Come back later when you're a little refreshed. But just please don't lose hope. That's all we've got right now until the election. I mean, it's not all we've got, but it's, it's, it's the only thing that we've, you know, Obama talked about the audacity of hope. Please have that audacity, hope. Because again, people who are disgusted and, and say, oh, there's nothing to be hopeful for, then I'm not going to vote. They can lose us this election. Please don't be one of them. All right, that's it. You can follow me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. You can also check out my books on Amazon. I've got Peyton's Choice about teen abortion. I've got um, American Woman, and that's kind of about women and the right to vote and personal stories from me as an activist, an online activist, and someone who's been, um, who had the pleasure of speaking at the Capitol two times, uh, talk about the Equal Rights Amendment, all that good stuff. Also, um, The Virgin Diaries, which is stories from adults talking about how they how they had sex for the first time and what it felt like emotionally more than physically, but mostly emotionally. And then last, Ain't No Sunshine, Men Reveal the Pain of Heartbreak, where uh, men tell their stories of heartache, heartbreak, and losing somebody that they love. That's it for today. Don't forget, three shows next week. And we will see you next time.